What happens when two parent coaches, one a Christian and the other an agnostic Jew, sit down to talk about parenting? They take their listeners from surviving to thriving. I'm Dina Thayer. And I'm Kira Dorian. Welcome to Raising Adults, a podcast brought to you by Future Focused Parenting. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the laundry room. Kira and Dina here with another episode of Raising Adults. And if you're new, welcome, especially to you, new listener, welcome to the laundry room. Yes, that's literal. Like we're here next to a washer and dryer getting ready to share some parenting wisdom with you. So It's appropriate, don't it you is. think? I mean, a lot of a lot of my friends have commented on that. Like that is really appropriate that you are talking about parenting in a laundry room because I live in my laundry room. I like actually I legit live in my laundry room because I do my laundry here and I podcast with you here as well. That's true. You are legit living in it. <laughs> and the other thing is so much of motherhood happens here. I mean, Cleaning clothes is something that happens all the time. And there's so many great metaphors because we talk about airing our dirty laundry when we tell you (laughs) funny stories and, you know, having to get things cleaned up and tidy with relationships or conflict or anything. I mean, there's so many. And how we talk all the time, like it's not just one conversation. It's a series. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. It's It's like I don't just wash it once. I wash it over and over again. (laughs) The answering listener questions, the spin cycle, right? Amazing metaphor. It is. So welcome, and we're glad to be back with you once again and discussing today, taking actually a deeper dive into something we actually talk about every time. So I want to get to that in a moment, but I also just want to remind all of you great friends, remember that you are our marketing team. So please, if you are enjoying what you're hearing and you're downloading, take that moment to subscribe to our podcast. We're available on all major podcast platforms. Go ahead and subscribe. We'd so love to have you as a subscriber. And if you haven't done so already, or you're a newer listener hopping on the train, then we'd love if you'd rate our podcast or leave us a kind review. We really appreciate those. And those definitely help our relevance in the podcast world. So we're always thankful for those. Yeah. And if you haven't followed us on Facebook or Instagram, we are at Future Focused Parenting. And I'm going to tell you, we're very active now. We've gone live multiple times. Yes. There are pictures on there now. It's all very exciting. So do follow us at Future Focus Parenting. Yeah, it's getting busy over there on our social media pages. So come and join in. So as I hinted at, we're talking today about something we actually touch on every single episode. And that is, those of you who've been listening for a while will know, we always start off, Kira and I, with describing our why for whatever topic we're discussing, whether it's sibling relationships or screen time or chores or manners. And so we always start with, hey, here's why this was important to me or why I chose to do things the way I did. And today, we're going to take the whole episode to discuss why. And what does it even mean to find your intention around parenting? And then how do you go about doing that? What does that look like? Yeah. And I think, you know, we talk about it every week, talking about our why behind our how. Um, but it's so important for us to share with you what that actually looks like, because it, sometimes you don't even know your why. And the bottom line is, if you don't know your why, it's so much harder to make great parenting choices because you're not even sure why you're making them. And especially when parenting gets hard, having that strong why, it can just keep you going. Jillian Michaels from The Biggest Loser says, if you have a strong enough why, you can tolerate just about any how. And we totally agree. So I am excited to dive into this one because I think it's almost like I can't believe we haven't talked about (laughs) this. And, you know, we recently released these online courses So if you're new and you haven't heard about them, do check out our shop page. We've got them. They're short. They're really reasonably priced, like, and they just take 
such a good look at all the different things that we like to talk about and share with our coaching clients. But we start off our fundamentals program with this idea of mm-hmm. figure out your why. Like before you do anything else, you got to understand why you're doing what you're doing. So I think it's great that we're going to look at that today. Yeah, it, it truly is the jumping off point. You can't do anything else or at least not do it well without knowing your why. And I love that you brought up when it gets hard. Because I think also if you have a strong why, it's something to come back to, to keep going if you feel like, well, this is the 37th time I've asked my toddler not to touch the coasters, or I'm breaking up yet another sibling fight. I didn't think I was wearing a black and white striped shirt. Why am I a referee? Like, what's happening? And you can just get tired, and it it can be easy to feel like, I just want to wave the white flag of surrender today and not keep going. And the why is what helps us keep going, because we're seeing the end. And you know, any of you who've listened to us, even a few times, know Kira and I are all about start with the end in mind. Stop raising kids. Start raising adults. Think about who's the grown-up that you want to see at the end of this long journey. And when you think about that, it becomes much more worth it to deal with yet another squabble over not sharing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think, yeah. Or whatever it might be. That was just what came to mind. (laughs) I thought you stole that's, my toy that's truck. That's what haunts Dina is the squabbles <laughs> over not sharing. <laughs> no, it's true. And I think, you know, another thing that Dina and I talk a lot about when we're public speaking, but I don't know that we've talked as much about it on the show, is the idea of proactive parenting, right? And and not always doing what is easiest or most expedient, but really, really leaning into what's best. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we touch on that with every topic, but I feel like that core idea of being proactive, being intentional, and really thinking about what is best long term, it all comes back to that why. Because when you're in a hard moment and you're like, all I really want to do is say yes to jelly beans at six o'clock in the morning because it will just get you to stop whining, complaining, whatever, it can be really challenging to stand your ground and just you just want to do what's easy. You just want to fix the problem as quickly as you can. But the bottom line is that when you have a strong why, whether it's about health or nutrition or even just, you know, I need to I need to really show who's in charge and I need to let my little person know that I'm the grown up in this situation. And grown ups, no, we don't eat jelly beans at six in the morning or whatever it is. That is coming back to doing what's best and that long range thinking of raising an adult. So if I say yes to jelly beans at six o'clock in the morning, what is my adult going to think? is acceptable healthy eating when they are grown and so that long-range thinking can be really hard without the why so holding on to that why whatever it is yeah you're right if you're going to be proactive and try and be preventative and not just treat a problem when it crops up but try to prevent problems from cropping up this is the absolute foundation for that i mean it's the jumping off point for all of those other things. I'm not going to have the presence of mind to do what's best in the middle of the night when someone's tugging at me for the fourth glass of water if I haven't thought about, okay, the way that I respond to my children's needs comes from my value of compassion or whatever it is. When you can come back to that that why, it helps you. I think I think it doesn't ever necessarily become easy to do what's best, but I think it does become easier and I think that's an important distinction. I We're not sitting here saying, oh, we're floating through parenting. It's a breeze. <laughs> but what we no, are we, saying. No, we are not. <laughs> but what we are saying is because we're intentional, it can minimize the confusion yeah. around, okay, 
do I do what's best or not? Oh, absolutely, I do. Well, and I think that's exactly it. When you minimize the confusion, the clarity around what needs to be done, even if it's a harder choice, yes. it's clear. And mm-hmm. and that helps because I know when I'm working with clients, the thing I hear the most often is, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you have a strong why, it just becomes clearer it does what needs to be done Mm -hmm. because you understand why thanks for saying it needs to be done because it isn't always what we want no but often but it does become more clear what's needed and i think we're more able to do it yeah so how have you figured out your whys because i know i mean you're such an intentional person anyway and Mm -hmm. i know just from sort of off mic things we've talked about that you actually do have a, a almost a system to how you how you came to your whys around parenting, your ultimate why, and then all the little whys underneath it. Yeah, and a lot of it, to be fair, really did come from my faith background. I think that's essential, and it's kind of provided a framework for me to operate from because I care about that in terms of my integrity and wanting to honor God in my life and in my parenting. That definitely informed it. But I think this this bigger how did I get there came twofold. And number one, it was understanding what my values are, which— We have done an episode on that, thankfully, but really knowing what are the things that matter to me and those character traits that matter to me, how do I want to instill those in my children so that they become adults that are rich and vibrant and full of character themselves? So I think starting with that was a big piece. And I think the second one was what you kind of hinted at is I have operated personally with an overarching why so that my other little whys kind of stem from that. And so getting really clear on that really big thing I'm aiming at helped a ton. But I want to talk a little bit more about the values thing before we go away from that, because I know it's really important to you too. And we would advocate taking the time to think about your values. I mean, definitely listen to the episode on that, but know that when you're figuring out why you do what you do, it's critical that you already know what are the character traits that are important to me? What are my priorities? And then how am I working to instill that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for me, so much of my whys came from my work in mental health because mm. um, I worked with kids a lot and, and I worked with adults and, you know, all adults were children once. They sure were. Um, and oftentimes what we were working on stemmed from their childhood. And so I got this really interesting insight into I guess in my opinion or my professional opinion, what a healthy family looks like. Mm. Um, And it was interesting when I would work with kids and parents would bring their kids in. It was like you could just see a mile away who had a really healthy family dynamic, who was parenting with intention, coming Mm. from a place of really love and compassion and and long-range thinking, and then who were the families that were underwater just trying to survive. And that said without criticism, it was just really interesting to kind Mm -hmm. of get that that view before I had my own kids. Um, you got like, a nice sneak peek. Yeah. And so, and to also look at, okay, how did that happen? And what does this family need? And oftentimes when I was working with kids, half the time parents don't realize it, but you're really working with them too, right? You're yeah. try, trying to get them to have more understanding or patience or grace for their child who's struggling with a phobia or a habit that they don't understand or, or whatever it is. And um, looking at their own issues and, and their their values. Like, clearly, this is something that's important in your family and your child's not matching that. And that's really hard and uncomfortable and et cetera, et cetera. So I think for us, it was it was a lot around that. Like, I, I want them, I so want them to be mentally healthy, well, stable, happy, um, 
And so I wanted to provide a home life that was going to most likely give that to them. And this is what I just saw time and time again. The kids who were the most well-adjusted, the most able to change, the most able to take the work and run with it and talk to their parents and Mm -hmm. collaborate with their parents just came from homes where there really was this kind of system in place. And so it made me want to lean into that. I'm a little jealous because you like got to see and experience all these different things and go, I will choose that. I will make sure to avoid that. It's like like being at a buffet. I mean, it was like awesome. It was a little bit. It Um, was a little bit. So yeah, that's amazing to have that background that you already brought to the table of like getting a sample of what does the healthy family model look like and the healthy family unit. And then what can you hopefully replicate in your own family and to get to see it before you had kids even better well but it's interesting because in some ways I think doing that work made me made me a better parent for sure but it's also just it has its challenges because you know there are moments where I'm a human being and my human beingness um makes me want to do something that I know isn't what's best. And, you know, whether that's, you know, losing my cool or using a word I wish, like I used the word selfish the other day with one of my kids and I thought about it and I was like, that is just not how I want to express what I was trying to Mm. say. And I, and for me, because I'm so future focused because all of the work I did was the end, right? So I could kind of see like, oh, when this happens back here, this is the adult that they (laughs) turn into. Uh Uh-oh. Now (laughs) I'm seeing where your work maybe is also like a blessing and a curse. Exactly. With like this issue. Oh, this leads, like when I talked about how like people who move around a lot lot Mm -hmm. are most likely to become smokers, right? So it's like, oh my gosh, I can see how this decision here 20 years from now has this impact. It makes you kind of neurotic as a parent because you feel like every little misstep is a possible thing. I'm sending them to therapy 17 years from now by what I just did. So that has has been a hindrance. But the good news is, I think, is that then in those moments, like when I used the word selfish the other day, I was like, no, I I don't love that word. I don't love that I said that. I don't like the way that I said it. And so I was able to dialogue with that kiddo and be like, hey, you know, I wish I hadn't said that. That wasn't the right word. That didn't come across the way I wanted. Um, so I think, again, where the, the background has helped is understanding how repair happens. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, we're going to flub up. But then when we do, you know, how do you, how do you fix that to the best of your ability, et cetera? Anyway, I have taken us so far down a rabbit trail. My okay. apologies. This is what I do. This is my job on the show. It's your superpower. <laughs> Kira has the special skill of rabbit trailing. Of rabbit trailing. In a single bound. So yes. back to our wise. <laughs> But it was all related to your why came largely in part from your background in mental health, which makes perfect sense that you would, you know, bring that to the table as you walked into your own parenting journey. And so you might, this is a great segue into another how, you might look at your own life and work experiences to say, what there have I learned that I might draw from Mm -hmm. as I'm creating an intention for my parenting? Definitely worth gleaning from your life experience. I think that's wise. And then the values thing is a second one. And a third thing, which I'll go a little deeper into this now, is consider having an overarching why that guides your other ones. And this just means having, I mean, I really would suggest if you can, even like one word, but even just if you can't get down, boil it down to one word, a phrase or a sentence that's your overarching goal for your children, what are you aiming them toward? Mm -hmm. And then it's so much easier. So say that your overarching goal is healthy and happy children. 
Well, the word healthy is in there. So now if you're having a battle over a junk food choice, say, it becomes just that little nudge easier to help guide them to the right choice and explain why. You know, in our family, this is really a value for us. We want to eat nutritious food that fuels our bodies because you're thinking, oh, my overarching why, healthy, happy children might help you with that little why of we don't do junk food before dinner mm-hmm. or we don't do junk food unless it's a special occasion or whatever it might be that that's that micro issue, having that macro why can help inform it. So I think it can be at least a helpful exercise to think through. Yeah. Are you comfortable sharing yours? Yes. My one word overarching why, I bet you can even guess it. Integrity. You guessed it. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. I am working to raise people of character. That ultimately would just bless my heart. Of course, I'm hoping, like in our house, I'm hoping they're like walking with God and doing that. But like if I were to just take it to one word, set all that aside. So even if you don't have a faith paradigm, strip that away. It's totally fine. But think about that one word. And for me, I love this idea of, you know, caring about doing and saying the right thing, even when no one's around. Because that means when I launch these adults into the world, even when I'm not there, there's not a coach or a pastor or a teacher or a parent for guidance. They're going to have in themselves this internal compass that is like, "Mm, that's not right and wants to lean toward what is. So that was my overarching why. And it was a huge help to creating all my littler whys on smaller issues. Yeah, I love that. Can you give an example of how how that led to a littler why? Sure. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Okay, so because I brought it up earlier, let me talk about sharing. (laughs) Maybe this was a thing I need to work through. I don't know. But if they got in like a squabble over an item. For me, what I'm thinking about is a person who cares about the other's needs and wants is a person of character. And so I'm going to aim at that. So how can I get them to think about what might be kind to the other person? Because it actually takes integrity to move away from, well, I just want what I want and I want it now, to move toward what might they want. And so it helped me on the sharing to have conversations instead of hand him that toy, it's his turn. Mm -hmm. It became more of a, not a demand, but a conversation. How do you think... That made your brother feel when you just yanked that out of his hands. How would that have felt if he did that to you? And how do you want to make your brother feel? And we also talked a lot in our family about like your sibling being your first friend. Like, so it's also your friend. And would you want to make your friend feel that way? And so I might have been aiming at character maybe years from now. But I'm getting there through how do I be kind and care what other people's needs and wants are in a situation, not just my own. In fact, one of our family values was... It was number four. I still remember concern for others, but it stemmed from the overarching integrity piece. And so we talked all the time about caring about others' needs and wants, not just our own. They like had that little phrase memorized. And but it came from the integrity, Mm -hmm. you know, because if you don't have integrity, you're going to be fine walking through life going, well, it's all about me and I'm going to work to get what I want when I want it. And I'll step on you to get there. So it can happen so young that that foundation is laid. And then you've got an adult who's mowing through life like a bull in a china shop absolutely it's so interesting because i was thinking about my overarching why and Mm. the little why and the example i would give my example is also about a sibling squabble it's fascinating so my overarching why can you guess it you want your children to be happy yep (laughs) well i would i would flesh that out but yes i want them to be mentally Mm -hmm. healthy and happy yep 
Um, and I love that we knew that about <laughs> each other. That's so great. So that's my overarching goal, mentally healthy and happy. To me, there's all these little things that contribute to that, including how we treat people yes. um, and including how we then are treated based on right how we, sure. how we feel about ourselves based on our relationships so same example sibling squabble one of the things that was really important to me in those moments to have those because we did the same thing dialogue and conversation it wasn't just an order it was a let's look at this from an empathetic point of view mm-hmm. how would it how would you feel if it mm-hmm. happened to you blah 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 for me exactly what you said the idea that your sibling's your first friend and in my opinion your first relationship really like peer relationship mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That if they're going to be so overarching goal, if they're going to be healthy, mentally healthy and happy, that means they have good, healthy, happy relationships, friendships, maybe romantic relationships that they feel connected and loved and supported by the people mm-hmm. around them. Well, I better teach them how to treat other people and how to expect to be treated so that they can foster healthy, happy relationships that contribute to them being mentally healthy and happy. And so smart because we all know the research is out there. People are not only happier but healthier when they have a good support system. So good on you for fostering and nurturing the very first support system, your sibling, you know, and your family. They become kind of your first people. So it does lead to that. We know that factually. But when you can also work toward that mentally, intellectually, emotionally, I mean, however you need to arrive there, but finding this overarching why, it just helps give so much direction. I mean, that was just a little kid disagreement. Mm -hmm. And I think many parents might even say, those are easy to go, oh, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. But when you have an overarching why and you're trying to raise an adult, oh, all of this matters because in the grand scheme, how you handle this now does impact things later. Yes. And I will say from someone who had a private practice, I can tell you a lot matters. Mm-hmm. And that's not to put pressure. Like, you are humans. Look, we're all going to mess up our oh, kids. Oh, for sure. Like, can we just own that? I have already done it, Me I'm too. sure. Um, but we're all going to mess them up. But we want to minimize that as mm-hmm. best we can. And I think that it's important that we lean toward it matters. It, it's, it's, it matters more often than it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so assume that it matters and parent with that strong why because it probably does. Yeah. And I think a good way that I helped myself with this because I I can lean toward, and some of you might be in the same boat where this could even start to feel like pressure. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm... I'm Everything I, needs a why. Yeah, like I lean toward majoring in the minors. I could get t- too hung up in the details and get wrapped around the axle. That would be a tendency for me. So if you can honestly answer the question, oh, if I don't teach fill in the blank right now, will it matter in five years? And you can honestly answer that with a no, then maybe it is one of those things that doesn't matter. But if I were to think, if I don't teach sharing and cooperative play right now, is that going to matter in five years? Oh, absolutely. And it becomes worth it to intervene appropriately and help out. And and coming back to my overarching why, also raising people of character. So Mm -hmm. I think this just is... It's so foundational. And I love that you said lean toward it matters. It doesn't mean every single thing. There are going to be things that like, "Mm, I'm not going to pick that. Mm -hmm. And that's totally fine. And of course, that will be different for each of you. Which things are worth it and which ones are the ones you're going to let that particular thing go. But that's why you need the why. I agree. Because we also want you to have clarity around what you can let go, Mm -hmm. right? There are going to be things that just don't matter to you. And 
that's okay. Everyone has things within parenting that they're like, nah, not, I'm oh. not that worried about that. And that's great because when you have an overarching why, it allows you to get really clear on, actually, that thing doesn't matter. So I'm going to enjoy mm-hmm. letting that go because I'm pretty sure I've got another thing coming down the pipeline that I'm going to have to lean into. I've literally had this happen. So I'll just give a few practical examples. One is hair. Mm. Kids almost universally go through some time of wanting to do wild things to their hair. And I was able to go, does that impact their character? Are they going to not be able to be a person of integrity if their hair is blue or short or long or spiked or blah, blah, fill in the whatever? And I was like, nope. So I don't I don't personally pick that. And we had it recently, the same thing. My daughter just got a tattoo. And again, I'm like, writing on her arm does not make her not a good person. Mm-hmm. So it informed me also what was worth going, yeah, not a big deal on that one. And so you'll love it because it gives clarity both ways to what to give appropriate attention to and what to maybe give less attention to and free up your time. <laughs> right. And then from assume from a kid's perspective, they feel like, well, mom isn't on top of everything, right? She doesn't expect everything to be just the, it it takes Mm -hmm. away the controlling piece, Mm -hmm. right? You're not being controlling. You're looking at what matters to us and our family, what matters, what do I want to impart to you? And what, like your hair, do I actually just not give a mm, about, you know? (laughs) I haven't sworn on the podcast in a long time. I'm going to keep it that way, but (laughs) I have. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But you know, that, that idea that it then gives some push-pull to there's things that they just get to be in charge of because it's not going to connect to the values. Or it does connect to your values. Maybe you value independence. And this is actually an opportunity to lean in and be like, you know what? That's your body. Mm-hmm. You get to decide. And what an awesome opportunity to do it that way in a positive way that mm-hmm. isn't like a redirection or a yes. criticism or a whatever. And then they're just enjoying, wow, I've been trusted with this particular freedom or privilege or whatever. And they, that's really nice too. And it helps to avoid breeding resentment and all of that. So it can be really lovely. And so going back to that like jelly bean example, it might be that you decide that actually I don't care about jelly beans at six o'clock in the morning. And that is totally okay. This is the beautiful thing about having your own values and your own why is there isn't a right or wrong way. And we would agree, right? Mm -hmm. We don't actually care how you do this. This has to match you. This has to match who you are as a family. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to look like mine. Even Dina's and I are different by, yeah. But when you look at the jelly bean example and you talked about, you know, in five years, is it going to matter? Maybe the jelly beans don't matter in terms of health and nutrition, but they might matter in terms of who's in charge. Mm -hmm. And so you may want to decide that actually it's really important that my kids know that when I say no, I mean no. And so this is a moment where what I'm choosing is to be the grown-up and to say, you're the kid and I've said no and we need to respect what mom has said, Mm -hmm. even if the jelly beans themselves don't matter. Yeah, and that's such a good key point is that your why can also help you understand when maybe the little micro issue at hand isn't a very big deal, but the undertone underneath the micro issue is important. And so it might be really helpful with those layers of complexity to say, you know, but in my why, if I'm aiming at mentally healthy and happy, part of that is they are going to deal with bosses, teachers, they're going to deal with authority all their life. So how do I be that gentle but firm leader and teach them that, even though to me, the jelly beans aren't a big deal, but them respecting that my word means what it says really is a big deal. And I think that's a really key point. So I'm thankful you brought that up. I love, we were talking about this a little earlier when we were working, but I love that like, I just barf out things and Dina like, makes them into a succinct sentence that makes sense. 
It's really great because honestly, you'd have a very, very short show if Dina was the only host. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I appreciate that you can just take Here's my... Here's your pithy saying and your acronym. <laughs> have a great day. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a five-minute show. But I really appreciate that you can take what I say and make it so much more articulate. Thank you for that. <sighs> so, listener, I hope that that was helpful and that you can really look as we're coming into 2020 it's february now like looking at what what's my why what's that overarching why that guides our family that i can keep coming back to and then how does that lead to other little whys yeah. along the way um so we hope that you can take a look at that if you have a parenting partner that you guys can sit down together and look at that give some thought to what really matters to you um, and let that guide you in 2020. Yeah, it's so helpful. And I hope that if you've been a newer listener, this is a great like foundation. Now you'll understand why you always hear us talking about our why. But if you've been listening for a while, you might have even been wondering, well, yeah, great, guys. But how in the world do you do that? So hopefully it was helpful to really get some nuts and bolts around coming to a place of intention. How do you get there? What do you draw from? And we are just thrilled to tell you that if this was helpful to you, there is a whole course a whole online course for you. And and actually, we build a word, of course, right? The word future. <laughs> and the very first letter, F, is figure out your why. And so that's why we wanted to talk about this today, because it's truly fundamental to not only the future-focused parenting philosophy, but just how important intentional, proactive parenting is. You've, this intention is, is huge for that. So definitely check those out. You can find them on our shop page, futurefocusedparenting.com slash shop. And there's other resources there as well. But I just wanted to highlight that one because it includes what we talked about today. And that's the fundamentals program. And mm -hmm. all of our courses are short. I think the fundamentals program is just over an hour. Yeah. Um, so super easy. And you can watch it or you can listen to it. We have an audio version of it as well because some people prefer to listen to it kind of like a podcast. Right. Um, and don't forget, get listeners you get a discount so if you are interested in that bigger course um, if you go to the shop page of our website um, when you check out put in the code raising adults all one word all caps and you'll get 15 percent off yes please do that and as we mentioned at the top of the show if you're liking what you're hearing please subscribe rate review we really not only appreciate your feedback but it it helps and those things matter out in the podcasting world and we we value that and really can't do it without you. So thanks for being here in the laundry room with us. That's right. Don't forget to follow us at Future Focused Parenting on Facebook and Instagram. Do you have a quote today? I sure do. And how appropriate. It's a Jillian Michaels quote. We quoted her at the top of the show. <laughs> you know, because workout guru, parenting guru, totally similar, right? Well, well actually. It's all hard. It's all hard work. <laughs> And it's all about transformation and the journey, progress, not perfection. In fact, that's kind of what this quote is about. So here is what Jillian Michaels says. It's not about perfect. It's about effort. And when you bring that effort every single day, that's where transformation happens. That's how change occurs. We couldn't agree more. If you get clear about your intention and your why and bring the effort behind the why, you will see change. Yep. You just read my mind. I was thinking exactly that. Oh, well, thanks for being with us, everyone. Don't forget to go to our website, futurefocusedparenting.com. And if you have any listener questions, we love hearing from you. Info at futurefocusedparenting.com. Send them our way. We'll make them into a spin cycle. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded in Kira's Laundry Room. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening. <laughs>